I'm Andy Lee. You're listening to Off the Wall. You're very welcome along to Off the Wall. It's Off the Ball's Game of Thrones podcast with thanks to Discover Northern Ireland and their Game of Thrones territory, boasting over 25 locations and experiences for the ultimate fan. Head over to discovernorthernireland.com for more information. This week, we're reviewing episode four of season eight of Game of Thrones. In other words, the episode where everybody gets drunk and has sex. Uh, Sue Murphy and Tommy Rooney are in studio. Andy Lee's on holidays. We will do a special before the next episode with him. How are you guys? Hello, on. Right. Sue, how are you? Let's let, let's start with this. Let's start with this. I'm loaded. Right. I'm all right from, from Sue. Loaded. I sound really disappointed, don't I? Yep. Rachel, last week, I was so worked up about last week and how amazing episode three was and I was shouting at people on Twitter and telling everyone else they had no opinions. Yeah, you were They're, fighting with people all week. I really was, like, yeah. all week. That's what we like to see. But yeah, yeah, I'm right. Um, but then it was such a letdown. I felt like it was a real letdown this week. I really felt like this was a filler episode. Now, the one thing I will say about this is I wonder if in a few hours I get to a point where I'm like, oh, you know, it was actually quite good. Now, when we, do you ever find when we talk through Hmm. the entire episode you get to a point where you're you like feel a bit better after it yeah hmm. I thought that about last week as well yeah oh you you liked last week now no no I did like it initially but I felt a lot better about it afterwards <laughs> it's, it's such a it's such a like therapy it's amazing how last week and we will get into last week at the end here has just like hardened people in the trenches you're either somebody who liked it yeah. or thought it was only okay and then suddenly you're somebody who loved it or hated it and yeah, uh, yeah. it's kind of divided people further as I say we'll come back to that in a little while because you've got some things to say but just sticking with last night Tommy what did you think I need to be convinced, I have to say, that this was as brilliant as you think it was, Owen, because I know you did think it was mm. good. Because, well, I think my initial problem was that I watched it at half six this morning, <laughs> and I conked afterwards for about five hours. So, uh, at the time, I was a bit like, hmm, I don't know how I, f- I, I, was, I wasn't, I wasn't really inspired, I wasn't, I, I didn't feel any joy, I didn't really feel any sadness. I didn't, I didn't really, it was a bit of meh after that episode, to be honest. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure yet. Well, then it's pretty clear that you don't think it was as good as last week because I think everybody had an emotional reaction to last week yeah. or, at the very least, had their heart thumping th- for a lot of it. I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I don't know whether it was maybe the ending of the episode. I thought there was definitely parts in the episode that I was, OK, this is good, this is yeah. good. And in the em- at the end of the episode, it was just like, I need another ten minutes. Part, or part maybe one or two. The one thing I will say is I was talking to uh, Mick, my husband, about it on the way up the stairs afterwards, and I was like, uh, do you not think, like... I don't know how I feel about that. That was a bit off. And he went, yeah, it's because you've no one to root for. And I went, that's interesting. Oh, that's it. That's it. That's exactly what it is. Because I got to the end of the episode and I was like, oh, I couldn't care less about Danny or Cersei at this stage. Like, that's a good shout. They're both finished. Don't care. That's a very good shout. And I, I, we'll get into Daenerys in just a moment. I think people who are in the Daenerys camp will have had their confidence chipped away a good bit over the course of that hour and a half. Yeah. Mm. For me, it was my favourite episode of the season so far. I'm, I'm not for one second suggesting it was the best because you can't come up against the Battle of Winterfell and say that was better television yeah, than yeah. the Battle of Winterfell, but it was my favourite. And it's interesting what's happened over the course of watching that episode. My whole support for the Night King and the Undead has been chipped away at to the point of destruction over the course of that episode because I've come to this realisation that as great as the fantastical elements of Game of Thrones have been, it's impossible to root fully against a villain that isn't human. Because we're humans, we're humans watching this, and in any great villain, we see some sort of human element that's in them, and that's what kind of skews it for us, that's what makes us root against them, that's what makes us hate these people. And I realised that it was actually impossible for us to hate the Night King, because he was this sort of alien species who couldn't even talk. Whereas we see... 
Cersei at the end there. We yeah. see Euron uh, Greyjoy at the end there. These are absolutely stunning villains. I hate them, and it will be such a cathartic process to see them fall. And that is why I was disappointed about last week. It wasn't to do with the way the Night King was killed off. It was the fact that it was the Night King being killed off. I just didn't care enough about him in the first place. And it took you until how long into this episode to realise, to process those emotions? Because it's, it's, it's good. I like it. Probably the end. Really? Okay. Until uh, when Missandei got beheaded. That was when I was like... Holy shit, this is Game of Thrones. This is that feeling in the pit of your stomach yeah. where you're like, this is what we got. Uh, th- th- this is the feeling that we, we know and love mm. or hate about Game of Thrones. This is the thing that hooked us all in and didn't let us go. Yeah. It was a, I thought it was just a phenomenal episode in terms of uh, the storylines that are now brimming and about to bubble over when it comes to Varys, when it comes to Tyrion, when it mm. comes to the potential. not the potential the definite betrayal of Daenerys that's about to happen I'm a little bit uh, suspicious about what's going to happen in King's Landing at the moment and then we have a whole situation going on in the north where we don't quite know what's next for the Stark sisters for example so there's a a multitude of different things and we're going to start with Daenerys because I think she was the most important character in this episode yeah like can I just say one more thing before we move on there Mm. it's definitely around the sociology of of people and how complex they are Mm. because and I think Jamie is completely that person in that episode where you're like he's not good or bad he's just human and there's a lot of things that he does good and there's a lot of things that he does bad and I think that's why like Cersei appealing to her better nature about being a good mother and I think that's why you're finally getting to a point where you're like I don't care about the Night King anymore because this is actually more interesting but anyway I stand by the way in which the whole undead thing was done like it it was something it's always meant to be a look at this thing yeah, well, th- fair enough. But ultimately, it interrupted it from the very first scene of yeah. the very first episode. It was yeah. the first thing we saw was yeah, the undead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I still maintain that it was an unsatisfactory way to go, but I now accept that part of that, that dissatisfaction was because he was a zombie. Yeah, there's nothing to it. There's, there's nothing to it. Yeah, there's more interesting things going on. So, and, and, Sorry, I do want to go into that a little bit later on as well in terms of other fantasy elements of the show, which, which I think have been chipped away at. But like, we have to start with Daenerys. Yes. Mm. Because... Like, really, like, I'm not sure. We'll start with you, Sue. I, I think it's impossible to not hate her more after this episode, yeah. right? I think they did a very good job there because we were talking about this from episode one and my prediction is that John's going to have to kill Daenerys. Mm. I, I really think that's going to happen even though Varys seems to be working away in the wings at something mm. else. But it's just, you can see her just losing the run of herself more and more. And Ser Jorah, with the death of Ser Jorah, I think you're going to have a very interesting play there because she's not listening to Tyrion she doesn't trust him anymore he keeps making mistakes he Mm. keeps guiding her in the wrong way she's lost people because of him and I think she's now getting to the point where she was like right well I'm right about everything and I'm just going to annihilate everyone in my path and they're saying to her that that's just the same as what her father was Mm -hmm. so you're just I think you're They've led us. So I've got, I'm in the middle of season four as well. I've gone mm. back and I've been watching it. It's been going long. I've watched it all back. So and you you really see just flashes of her her bad judgment. Like she has really bad judgment about things. Yeah. And she sends back um, what's the name of the guy she was sleeping with? Uh, Dora uh, leaves him looking after. Um, yeah, she sends day. him back. She sends him back to deal with the uncle again. That was the bit I'm watching. And Sir Jorah is just like. She's like, I'm going to get him to go back and kill all the masters and they'll know who's in charge. And Sir Jorah's like, that's not a good idea. You need to make that not happen. Mm-hmm. So she sends him out and say, you changed my mind. But there's no Sir Jorah anymore and she doesn't trust Tyrion. Yeah. And she walked away at the end of that episode <sighs> going, I'm going to finish this one. Yeah. Like, can, I, can I make a point on that though? Just on Daenerys and her leadership and the fact that you know all these... Uh, men and women of Westeros, when she was coming through, started following her in season four, five, six. Like, 
where did she learn how to be a queen? Where did she learn how to how to rule and to lead? She didn't. She just she walked into a fire with three eggs and she emerged with dragons and next thing everyone's following her. So when you're looking at it, the only people with true experience about how to actually lead, in my opinion, are Varys who's always been hanging around and, mm. and you know <laughs> You know, Spider. plotting and everything. Tyrion, who's been always on the edge and, and has been manipulating situations in the last couple of seasons. And Sansa, who's learned it from the coalface over the last little while. For me, they're the three people who know how to lead and have learned and have got experience of how to lead. Like with Daenerys, I don't think that she has a clue what she's doing. No. And I'll be honest, I actually felt sorry for her for a lot of that episode. There was a scene... Um, Out of her depth. There was a scene where Tormund is messing with John, and they're all laughing around John. Oh yeah, yeah. And she casts her eye over to Tyrion, who's with Jamie and and Brienne. And next thing, all you see is Daenerys sitting oh, there the Varys with Varys over oh, her corner. I thought that was a fantastic scene, yeah. and it just shows that she's completely isolated. Maybe it's the fact that Jorah's gone now; she's got absolutely nobody left. Maybe she's isolated herself a little bit. Yeah. But she actually has no true allies. She's got no brothers and sisters who are going to do anything for her. Who are going to die for her now? You know, Jorah's gone. Who has she got left? And I don't know. Maybe I'm completely off here, and maybe I, I should pursue a, a career in fashion after this if I'm right. But I feel like that her the way she she dresses and her makeup and everything is making us making her seem so sorrowful. Like her eyes, are, her makeup is red, and her her uh, costume is white and red as well. Yeah. The whole time you're looking, she looks. She's sobbing throughout the whole episode. She looks. She's crying throughout the whole episode, and she's like that in the last episode as well. I think she's just. She's just gonna. It seems like she's holding on by her fingertips. I think she's gonna be gone and before she can. Just been taken away from her. I think she'll be she gone can, before she can destroy anyone. Yeah, I'd, like I feel like. That scene, that amazing mm. scene, actually, because Varys, that shot in the camera of Varys Very in the tenor. background was brilliant. But it, it definitely felt like, how, how am I going to hold on to this? I can't. And then they absolutely, like, she's begging John, begging him. Like, she says, I'm mm. begging you, don't tell anyone about this. Exactly. Because she's not going to be able to hold on to it. I don't remember the last time she begged for something. She's never begged. I don't for think she never has ever begged. And there are, that is one of the reasons, one of the two big tells from that episode that just shows that not only is she just kind of a poor tactician, she's an extremely naive person. Yeah. Like, in that opening scene, the, the party scene, when, you know, she, she goes to Gendry and, and gives him a castle and uh, and says, you're not a bastard, you're, you are, uh, sir, sir um, like... like She's buying loyalty. What, what, did he give him, what did she give him again? Uh, Storm's End. Storm's, Storm's End. End. Yeah, yeah. And she speaks to him and she, it was pretty clear that, you know, this thing is all a bit of a ploy and then she talks to uh, Sansa who's sitting beside her and says to her, see, you're not the only one who's clever. And I'm like, why are you pointing this out? If, if you're truly as clever as you think you are, you are not pointing out to somebody else that I'm, <laughs> I'm conniving so and I'm cunning and all that sort of thing. And I, I thought it was really patronising as well, you know, that, that, that you are Lord Gendry Baratheon of Storm's End. And mm. it's like, come on. Like, I, I, it, that shit doesn't matter anymore. It, it doesn't. And no, it, it, that's exactly it doesn't what it felt like. It was like, nobody's listening to you. And when he told, when he told Arya that, I, you just knew Arya was going to be like, sorry, pal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, thought I, I thought it was a little bit pathetic and I thought the begging was a bit pathetic but even more so than that okay begging for something is grand but the kind of trying to ask John to make Sam pledge to secrecy and to not tell Arya or Sansa about yeah. this like I, I, I don't know I think, I think it was just desperate but you, like, I don't know can I tell you one more thing as well you know when she was outside just outside um, King's Landing yeah. and she, they're sending Tyrion in as the, invo- the envoy and you're just like is this all she has left? Mm. Is that it? Without John coming down from the north, is this it? And there was always, I was waiting, there was a, a bit where, like, behind the mountain, you could see the flag just on, and I was like, oh, there's the dragon, the dragon's coming in, everything's coming in. And you're like, no, there's not. she has nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, is she walking away from this because she's just really angry and she knows that she doesn't have any fight left in her? Or what's that? Like, it just looked 
when you saw all the, the arrows pointing on her from Cersei, you're just like, Ooh. trouble here yeah the, the show has clearly worked so hard to even things up and now yeah. they've completely imbalanced it the other way where yeah. you feel that she has Daenerys to be yeah Daenerys is definitely the underdog in this case which brings us to the reason why she is the underdog which is losing another dragon surely this was an avoidable situation <laughs> absolutely it was they walked into it like how they walked into it. I, I was sitting there with my mouth open for a full two minutes though because I really wasn't expecting a dragon to go down that quickly. No, I didn't expect a dragon to go down. When, when the, the arrow hit at first, I was yeah. like, oh, okay, we're into battle here yeah. and uh, everything's going to be fine because, you know, dragons can fly away yeah. and <laughs> don't have to get hit by an arrow. And I don't know who to blame there, either the dragon or Daenerys. Uh, yeah. Probably Daenerys in the first place. Like, I, I just don't understand how they got into that situation. Jon Snow's fault because he decided not to ride Rhaegar. Uh, is it? Yeah, remember John said a few uh, earlier on. He goes, uh, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hop on him. He needs to recover. I'd only weigh him down." And Tormund was like, "Sure, you'd only weigh two little fleas." Yeah, but when it, when and if John had rode him, he would have been able to get him away. But when he was flying off, didn't he look like he was actually like falling a little bit? Mm. And I, th- I think that's the whole thing about Sansa as well. Why didn't she listen to Sansa? Sansa was right there. They're just over a massive battle yeah. mm. where they've burned most of the people they know, and she just wants to go right out. That's what I mean. Sansa knows what she's doing. Cersei knows what she's doing. Mm. Uh, Varys and Tyrion know what they're doing. Like mm. Daenerys and John having a clue. They don't know what but to John's do. John's able to say, "I don't have a clue." Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> you know, has John lost something since the Night King is dead? Because this has been the whole obsession his, with yeah. his entire life was the threat from north of the wall. Like he seems really mellow, doesn't he? He hasn't really t- like I don't know. He's he's kind of like somebody who studied for you know six hundred twenty five points in their living cert <laughs> and doesn't know what to do next. It's like right, is this is is this the, the peak? Right, except there is a more important thing that's coming next, and it just seems that John. I don't know. Is he out of ideas? Is he not, does he just not care that he's much? Lost his mojo. He, he he just cares too much about Daenerys now, or so he keeps telling himself. I keep thinking he's the most likely to end up in the Iron Throne now, and I think it's because like if you look at the character arc in any story, there's yeah. always the anti-hero, the person that doesn't want to rule but probably should, has the best judgment of everything that's going on. And I think that's John. I think they've led us to that point where we're like, well, John seems to be the only sane person in this. Mm. And we know that Varys and Tyrion want to put him... But is, is, our, is our thinking at the end of this that she's still going to break the wheel? Well, maybe not Daenerys is, but maybe Tyrion and Varys are. And they're going to decide, you know, this Iron Throne thing is not worth it. Yeah. John's going to sit in the north. They'll rule as a, as a kind of a, a group of people, like a, a council. Maybe that's the better option. I think the problem with predicting that John was going to sit in the Iron Throne is that it kind of it's, it looks like it's being set up that way. Yeah, and like we yeah. all thought that John was going to meet the Night King. And that's what we were built up. For. I think that's why a lot of people felt let down by perhaps Arya killing the Night King. It was that we've been listening to this prophecy and the fact that John is going to be battling the Night King. And even in that episode, he's you know making his way through it and he can't get by the dragon. And they hinted it to us though. So when you know when one of the uh, witches turns up in Marine and mm. T- Tyrion sends for her because he's trying to just calm down the people because nobody wants to get behind Daenerys anymore. And Daenerys is off with the Dothraki again, and she says she says the prophecy again. And Missandei says, "No, Prince no, that's not the correct translation. It's Prince or Princess." Yeah, right. So yeah. I thought they were kind of hinting it, and also that scene, that episode is the one where um, Barry McGovern's in it. He's got that tiny little cameo at the start of the episode and the hound has to kill him outside his house because he's dying and he goes that's how you kill someone you kill them through the heart so it's I felt like the more I watch it back and I'm like oh they've been into this Mm. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it Good point. You knew it was Arya. The more you look back, the more intelligent that killing off of the Night King actually looks. Yeah. Uh, on, on face value, it was like, this was a bit random, but actually it was clearly yeah, planned. The signs were there. Yeah. And it's interesting that you mentioned that. Before we get into like a, a bit of a deeper dive in Varys and Tyrion, just that idea of prophecy and this idea of destiny like Daenerys the way she's behaving at the moment is clearly predicated on the idea of destiny that is the only thing that's going through her mind she has to sit on the Iron Throne she is the rightful owner of the throne do you know who Daenerys Targaryen is? every Liverpool fan in the world exactly exactly. <laughs> I was waiting for the Joe Schmidt mention of the day <laughs> so she's been completely blinded by this idea of destiny and ultimately it is a thing that is enforcing people to behave in certain ways it is the idea of destiny or more powerfully the idea of prophecy this yeah. is Liverpool yeah, it, it is. is I'm telling you I mean, 97 points and they can't win the league like you, you, look, you look at her opposite number in Cersei Lannister and the way she's behaving because everything is lost because the prophecy dictates that she's going to be mm. killed by uh, one of her younger brothers or, or whatever it may be and that's that's taken the shackles off her whereas it's put the shackles on uh, Daenerys in a very ironic way and now she's you know she used to be the mother of dragons now she is the mother of dragon singular which I hope they actually start to, to rectify and start to her <laughs> but like the, the, this idea that I do wonder if the showrunners are a lot smarter than we make them out to be that if we are going to see some sort of skewing of prophecies granted with destiny it's a different thing it's a, it's mm. a very uh, nebulous idea but with the prophecy it seems in a lot of the characters minds this is a concrete conclusion to how my graph is going to end but the showrunners might actually be like well you've actually picked up that prophecy in the wrong way and I do wonder could there be a twist yet in the tale of the, of the Cersei prophecy yeah. uh, hopefully Daenerys will just snap out of it and realise that destiny is not uh, all it's cracked up to be and, and realise what's good but where, I think she's probably got to the point now of no return when it comes to power where are you going with that Cersei line what are you thinking I don't know I don't know I just feel that the way the Arya destruction of the Night King made so much sense mm. it was like God, every, everything we were, that was prophesied actually turned out to be a little bit true. And uh, I don't think we're giving the, the writers too much credit there. I think, as you say, they've, be, they've been carefully crafting this thing yeah. for seasons and seasons now to ensure that this ending works out the way they want it to end. It may just be a simple thing. Like, for me, we'll get to it later. I think it'll be Jamie Lannister that kills Cersei. He's on his way. Isn't it funny, though, that, like, so Cersei knows that prophecy, right? She knows that her three kids weren't going to survive. She's pretty sure about that prophecy now. She knows that the prophecy is one of her younger brothers are going to kill her. That's what we know. She still doesn't kill Tyrion. Every opportunity she's been given to kill Tyrion, she doesn't take it. And I really, I, I still think there's some shred of humanity left in there somewhere in her. Because every time they lead you to that point, and you're like, she's going to do it this time. She's there definitely going to do it this time. Resign- or is that resignation to the prophecy? Maybe she's thinking, this is the man who's going to kill me. Yeah, he must live. Maybe. Yeah, like I just found it really interesting. I really thought, I was like, oh, this is the entertaining. Like, they've led us to this point. There was a flicker of that. Yeah. I thought it was going to happen. Part of me was like, what's going on here? Just tears <laughs> in her eyes. Is Cersei going to kill him? Or is yeah. she going to let us all go? Yeah, she was ne- she's never been able to do it. But let's talk Tyrion now, and let's yeah. talk Varys, the, the little mini-council that's set up. Bar- Varys is obviously going to, to betray Daenerys at this point, a decision I fully support, and this is the moment. <laughs> this, this is the moment when I... I love the way he's jumped on a new band like almost immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take him long, does it? Yeah, no. I've started Hot to... Hot take, uh, <laughs> 
Season 8, episode 4 of Game of Thrones is when myself and Varys became kindred spirits. It's, it's, it's a time when I started to trust Varys because... Trust? That's a very strong word for Varys. Varys Var- has laid his cards on the table. This whole, what I used to think was nonsense of him being a protector of the realm and the only thing that matters to him is what the is realm. What is the realm? What is the realm? Well, he, as he explained to Tyrion in the last episode, it is the millions of people, millions of people yeah. who will suffer at the hands of a bad king or queen. Mm. And I buy it. I buy it. I buy it that Varys wants to protect the realm. He is the only shred of sense left in that, in this mountain of stupidity that has led to, to horrible tactical decisions, horrible manoeuvres above the wall, horrible manoeuvres to Dragonstone without seeing that there's a bloody arrow, like a fleet waiting for you. Just hey, we were on the water around Dragonstone. Like, they couldn't have been hiding. They, they couldn't, couldn't have been hiding. We were in the yeah. open. We were out there with the Scover Northern Ireland and the alcoholics. They couldn't have been hiding. I, I, I just think, like... Varys is right to do what he's doing. He's laid his cards on the table. He has told Tyrion what he's going to do. Like, what more can we expect him to do? He is mm. he's voting with his feet here, and, you know, it, he's not being as snide as he could have been about it. So I think fair play to Varys. We all have a choice to make. I don't know. Like, the way I feel about Varys is the way I feel about Brienne sometimes. Brienne's going around pledging herself to everyone. Varys is going around betraying everyone constantly. Every single time he gets into a camp, he's like, no, I'm done with you now, and I'm going to move on. I think Varys is going to have a massive part to play towards the end of this. Definitely. He, I think he knows he's going to die. So, you know the conversation he yeah, had with Melisandre? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said, I have to come back to these shores anyway because I need to die here. And he, you do too. And he's a bit like... But I, I feel like he's going, he's hurtling towards this fully knowing that he's going to have to sacrifice his own life for this all to work. But... I think he was in with Jon Snow from the start. I, I think he's been watching. It's funny, we said last week, he hasn't even been talking in the mm-hmm. last episodes. He's been watching everything that's going on and I think he's weighed everything up and gone. That's a good point. Because in that not. scene with Daenerys, he is just watching. Yeah. You're kind of expecting him to say something to her. Yeah. Maybe offer her words of condolence or something or say something to her to make her feel a bit better. And he just watches, lets her go and strolls off after. Yeah, and can I say what's brilliant about it as well? You have these massive power plays between people, between Jon Snow and Cersei Mm. and Daenerys and all that stuff going on here, and there's two guys that nobody's paying any attention to that are basically going to decide who's going to be on the throne. Mm -hmm. And it it nearly always comes down to Varys. It nearly always, he's the common denominator of, this isn't working, need to protect the realm, get out. And he's nobody. I think that's fascinating. It is. Is Tyrion going to follow him in his betrayal? I think so. I think I think I don't, I don't think he'll have a choice. I think Daenerys is going to boot him out now. Regardless. I think Tyrion's going to follow him, but in a different way. I think Tyrion is too caught up in emotion. Like Varys is completely neutral, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like how many kings and queens has Varys stood beside? Yeah, yeah. Like if there was like iPhones at Game of Thrones, you have a collection of images of Varys standing beside <laughs> separate queens. Like Daenerys when she's standing down looking up at Cersei on the wall with the with the arrows and with Euron. You, you spot Varys standing there. Like I've seen him standing there beside so many kings yeah, and queens. Yeah, yeah. It's but ridiculous. He believes that at that moment that is the right thing. That is queen. crazy. Well, Isn't it though? Yeah, but at that moment that, he believes it. It is crazy that he's how he can embed himself in so many people. But how he can embed himself in so many camps. It's genius but I don't know how he's getting away with it. Like, mm. I don't know. He, what is the other ploy then? Is it to be with the, the winner? Is it to be with the most powerful? Like, other, I, I just don't see... Pro, this is prior to Cersei losing her second dragon or prior to Varys finding out about it at the very least. Yeah. Like, it is still the power play to be on, on Daenerys' side. The thing I always think about it with Var- Varys as well is even though he says all these things about, you know, he wants the greater good and he wants everything to work out for the realm, mm. you have to remember that he found the man that made him the man that he is now and put him in a box and tortured him. 
you know, there's always in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah, you've still got a man in a box in a room somewhere. He did castrate him. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, he did, absolutely. But, jeez, what he returned in spades is unbelievable. He put a man in a box. He's well fit to look after himself. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, there there is a nasty streak in there. And I don't think it's all like, for the good of the realm. I still think... There's something at play there with Varys. I'm not even sure it's selfish, but there's something happening. Mm. That Melisandre line, line, though, was telling. It is quite telling. The the one thing I would say about Tyrion potentially jumping ship, I think you could be bang on that he's going to get pushed. Jumping ship? Do you think he's going to jump ship? Oh, Oh, that's the guy. Daenerys is done with him, I think. Fair fair enough. I just don't trust him anymore. If that doesn't happen, I think Tyrion also, like, also one or two or three or four at this point because he's messed up so many times yeah. and I don't think he will voluntarily decide to betray Daenerys at this point I just no. think he's screwed up so he many times that turn around when he turned around and looked and he was like fuck it <laughs> have we completely overrated Tyrion as an intelligent human being or at least a shrewd tactician I think he was mm. incredibly intelligent and I think he made some great moves but it comes a time where you get yourself too deep and it's like you don't know where you're turning and you're, you're, trust you're, do you know what I mean like, and you're, yeah. you're trying but like you just can't predict what's going to happen mm. like he was in complete control when he was in King's Landing he was in control once he first went into Daenerys camp and she accepted him in because he started to make little ploys she was completely naive she didn't clue what she was doing he could show that he was a smart man this and that but then once he came back to Westeros he's dealing with other people who know what they're doing and yeah. he's, he's just caught himself caught up in the net I think he believes he can play the game mm-hmm. and I don't think he's playing it that well he kind of it kind of seemed effortless done at the start, or maybe there was a there was a huge run of luck yeah. with Tyrion as well at the start. The one key thing is he's back drinking heavily, which was kind of a mark of the early Tyrion yeah, yes, yeah. who we grew to love quite a bit. I Th- still think he's not going to betray his family. So you, I don't like back in the first season he says to is it John is it Jamie or John I can't remember who he says it to, but he says I'm a Lannister, and you know I I love my family and it's something that's always underestimated about mm. me. And I think they, that's a line that I've always remembered all the way through it. I, I don't think he's going to jump ship completely. He's a Lannister. And I wonder, I wonder, this is what I think might, I don't know if it's a prediction or whatever we call it. Uh, what's the we call it? Hypothesis. 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 So, Jamie's going to come south. Yeah. He's going to find out that she's pregnant with Euron's baby. Mm-hmm. He's going to lose his mind. And do you think Tyrion's just going to help Cersei? I don't know. I don't know. No, I, I don't think so. I'm, I think I'm not so. sure. I think he wants to protect that baby. I, he, he always said as well, he loved those children. And he does love those children. And they are Lannisters and they're the future of, of the Lannister family. I don't know. I still think... Yeah, I don't know. Just you saying there that he's a Lannister and that he said that before. Like, hasn't there always been a suspicion that Tyrion is actually a Targaryen? That was, that oh, was certainly floated. Yeah. That was, that was yeah, a theory. I that. I've always had that in the back of my head. Like, yeah. all, everyone's been looking for the, the tree-headed dragon. Like, who is the, who is yeah. the third? That's mm. been right up there with Bran as the Night King and all that sort of thing. Yeah, so. like, it's, it's been there the whole time. Like, and wasn't there always a rumour that Tyrion's mother was, was raped by um, the Night King? Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I feel like there's another plot or another twist to come with Tyrion that we haven't maybe seen yeah. or we haven't maybe been thinking about for a while. There could be. Like, and that would leave Jamie to be the little brother the, to finish off the job. Like, the one thing is that's definitely clear from that episode is that Faris and Tyrion are going to have key roles in the last two episodes of Game of Thrones and I wanted to kind of move this on to the north and to, to Winterfell a little bit because I just think that there's no way there isn't going to be a huge huge role for one of the Stark sisters before this finishes I agree mm-hmm. the one thing is at the end of that episode we just don't know what it's going to be yeah yeah, yeah like uh, Arya was interesting wasn't she mm. like so so there's a few different elements with the Arya story this week there was the Gendry thing I think the most telling thing that happened in the episode though was the hound and what she says to him he says I'm not coming back here and she yeah. says neither am I when he's riding off he's riding off the king's landing what are you doing 
why? Well, she's like, gone. She's gone to King's Landing. Well, she's gone to King's Landing, but why does she think she's not going to come back? Where does she think she's going? Storm's End. She's just not going to be a lady. No. Mm, I don't buy it. I wonder if she's going to be the Kingsguard. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Good shout. So, I, like, that was the only thing I could think of. And I was like, okay, mm. well, she's, she wants to be a knight and she wants to defend the realms of men and all that kind of stuff. And she, so she is there... Well, not knight necessarily, but I think a... Assassin? Yeah, assassin. Type. Yeah. So it's something less formal anyway than a knight. Yeah. yeah. Sir Arya Stark does have a ring to it, though. <laughs> mm. I, like, you said that she's not going, like... Are we sure that the Arya Gendry story is dead? It felt significant to me in, what was it, episode one or two? Yeah. That felt significant to me, that this yeah. was going to play a bigger part than we thought. And, like, is that it knotted up last night? When he, when he first... pregnant. Well, there is a, that's something I didn't even consider. <laughs> when, when Daenerys first calls out Gendry, I'm like, is she going to prove her power here? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. rule out the Baratheon, the, the, the Baratheon heir, and get, get rid of him? And then she just says, oh, I'm going to give you some dent. Um, so, like, I feel like Gendry does have a part to play. I don't know what it's going to be with Arya. I don't know if it, like, it's funny because when that scene was taking place, me and myself and Meg were sitting there, and the two of us at the same time said, "That's not me." And then she went, "That's not me." Mm. And I think we, they've always led us to the point where we never like. She said it to Ned when she was sitting on the stairs with him, and he was talking about how she was going to be a lady, and that's not me. And she ran off. Yeah, and she's always stuck with that. But I do wonder, does she love Gendry? And if she does, will she just give everything up for him? And that's why she's not coming back. But this, why was she so sure about not coming back? Yeah. She knows something else is going to happen here. Or she's going to sacrifice herself. Then we look at... Way. like I, I think that's so true. I think that maybe she's almost afraid of the feeling she has for Gendry because ultimately it's been an emotionless way she's behaved since mm. Bravos and, and she's, she's been exceptional. Be yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sansa, though. Like the, Sansa. It, there was like the... the <laughs> The pulling out of, of all skeletons in the closet during the episode, like something that we knew, we knew what had hardened Sansa Stark, it was quite obvious, yeah. but now we know that she realises what's hardened her, we realise that Sansa knows that all these absolutely horrendous things that have happened to her down through the seasons in Game of Thrones have made her this somewhat cold queen, and potentially Mad Queen 3.0, because who is the biggest potential here to become the Mad Queen? Is it Cersei? Is it Daenerys? Is it Sansa Stark? I think we've got a triangle here of who could actually yeah. have the capacity to be the most evil. There's so many shades of Cersei off Sansa in this episode, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, the outfit. The hair, the way she walks. Yeah, like she, yes. The but anger. I think the difference with Sansa is I think she genuinely does care about people. And I think she's taken her experience and rather than turning it into something that she wants to use for power and use it for evil, she wants to actually say, I don't want this to happen to other people and I want mm-hmm. people to be... Like, you can see the way she's defending, you know, making sure that everyone has enough food when they go to Winterfell, defending the soldiers and making sure they don't go out and go into a war again, Mm. protecting the North. I think she genuinely has the interests of people above everyone else. And she's taken the Lady of Winterfell thing very seriously. And I don't think she's Daenerys. Because Daenerys is just ruthless and wants to burn everyone in the Red Keep. I don't think Sansa would do that. I, I think she... She is she is cold, and I feel like she's a bit heartless. But you need but that, but you need that to yeah. lead. You need that to be to. She's not. She, they're not scared of her. No. I think that's the crucial thing that she said to Tyrion. You're afraid of her, and she said, "Oh well, every ruler needs to inspire a certain amount of fear." Mm. And she's a bit like, mm, not that level of fear. I agree with Sue. I think I think she needed to experience those things and not be the little bird anymore. She says to be able to rule the way she's going to rule. I think she's going to have a massive part to play in leading the North. I don't think she's going to become a mad queen. I think I think she just needed to be hardened up a little bit. And I don't think she's going down to King's Landing. She's probably going to stay put. Oh, she I won't leave. Not no, a chance. That's no. just what she said about John as well. I don't want John going south. Bad things happen to men in our family down there. Mm. Now, whether that indicates that it's okay for the women to go down. But or it's okay for John because he's a Targaryen. Huh? It's okay for John because he's a Targaryen as well. Yeah. 
I was robbed of the reaction there as well. I was I know, so annoyed. You I tell her. You tell him, Brian. <laughs> about the, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, well, see, what's the episode it. called? The last of the stars. So, like, we haven't even spoken about that scene when they're all there together. Yeah. So that's the last time they'll ever be in that. Yeah. It's probably the last time we've seen them together, to be honest with you, before them. Yeah, in fairness, how many Starks are left there? It's only Arya and Sansa. Like, Bran's not a Stark anymore. Bran's dead. Bran's not a human being. No, mm. he lives in the past. He said it. Yeah. He's, He's gone. Like, Bran's, Bran's gone, like. Yeah. Um, oh, and what about he doesn't say good luck to go. We forgot to say, we were going to do this at the top, actually. Yeah. As, as one of the most emotional moments. Like, yeah, with, with Sam saying to John, you're one of my best friends, followed swiftly by John walking past Ghost. Why didn't he go over to Ghost and give him... I, I feckin' watched a, a dog's journey yesterday and... <laughs> crying throughout the whole film three or four You're times. You're too emotional to watch like, this why, why didn't he go over to Ghost and have a little word? Or Probably knew that he'd get too attached. Exactly, because it was in Ghost, cry, it was in Sansa saying that Ghost was crying the entire time John was gone somewhere she was looking after him. Oh, really? It was not someone when the lunch said, yeah. oh, thank God you're back, Ghost was crying the entire time you were gone. But I... I I think he chose Ghost and he knew that Thormund would protect him and he'd be better off north of the wall. Probably. Yeah, that's, that's what he did say. He's safer there. North of the non-existent wall. Yeah. So they're already going to rebuild the wall, actually. Well, the wall is still there. It's only uh, some of the wall. In section, yeah. yeah. They're going to need to rebuild that. I don't think they're somehow they're going to get around to that in this particular season of Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, one other thing we want to finish up on before we get into next week's uh, predictions is just King's Landing because we just said a little bit more of a deep dive in this. So I think we've already said that we're all leading towards the fact that Cersei now has the upper hand. But to what extent? So to me, when there was three dragons alive it was like 80-20 at the start of the season before the Battle of Winterfell 70-30 in favour of the, the Northern Armies after the Battle of Winterfell plus another dragon down I'm, I'm thinking Cersei's leading 65-35 yeah. I, like I think that that's how overwhelming her majority of, of an advantage is yeah I don't know who do you think is going to like I, do, I just don't know where they're bringing the Cersei story I really don't know there's so many possibilities for where they're bringing that and we know that King's Landing is almost impossible to take down we've seen that from they've told us so many times and now she's the Golden Company and she knows how to kill the dragon and she's opened the, the gates what the hell is happening haven't all the all the little folk come into the, yeah. king, into the Red Keep as the well little folk yeah free folk <laughs> <laughs> little, little folk, folk. <laughs> same thing they're, they're free and little. Um, <laughs> like whenever Smaller. I see a, a scene with Euron and Cersei, I'm sure everybody feels this. It's like, as much as you hate Euron, you're saying to yourself, "What are you doing trusting this woman?" But I wonder if Euron's a bit like the Joker, I think. But, but I wonder if they if they've completely skewed it to the fact that it's like Cersei should just not be trusting this man. That Euron could be the man who kills her in the end. But she know she knows that, and he knows that. They're both in a, oh, in a relationship, but they know the other one can like kill each both other. Them. All he wanted to do was get to King's Landing and sleep with the Queen, and he's yeah. done that. And he's getting all of these bonuses along the way. He's like, grand, now I have a baby on the way, and all these soldiers that I killed a dragon. He doesn't really... I don't think he trusts her. I don't think he cares about her. No. What about the Iron man. Throne? Is there a position where he can get himself onto the Iron Throne? She wouldn't let him. No, it's not going to happen. He's too much of a madman for it to happen. Yeah. Not a chance. He's not going to run. He'd be taken in somewhere along the line. This, the John Daenerys angle. Like, if Daenerys is on the throne and she's with John, he's not going to have to say anything. Like, is, is he in this sort of same bracket as Ramsay Bolton, where he is just this villain who we all kind of knew along the line, this guy is not going to make he's, it to the he's end. He's not in it enough to, to be as close to Ramsay. Are we underestimating him, basically, is my question. Do you think? Do you think he's going to have that much of an influence? I, I think Euron's going to take a misstep and he's going to just... I think oh, he's I agree. dead soon. I think he's dead very soon. I think he's dead. Like, I'm actually on the same page on this one. I just... Part of me was starting to think that last night and all the signs are there to say this is not a character who's been sculpted for the long run or mm. for the ultimate no. goal. He will not be the winner. Yeah. There's, no way he can, there's no way he can possibly right, be the though. winner. Why have I, they included him? I've just, I'm just starting to think there's going to be a twist here somewhere with, with Euron Greyjoy. I, I just don't know what it is. Maybe... 
10 minutes into the next episode he'll die in spectacular fashion Grey Worm yeah. he, he is going to die in spectacular fashion Grey Worm that could be the one mm. Grey Worm killing Euron will be I think be Jamie I think Jamie's going to finish Euron I think when Jamie comes south and he figures out that Euron's been sleeping with Cersei he's not going to be happy about it is no. he Jamie's going to get out in time that'll probably be a great battle that and the Clegane Bowl will be two of the most epic battles that's going to happen yeah. the Clegane Bowl will definitely that has, happen that has to happen in episode 5 doesn't it yeah, I think it's episode six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was just wondering as well with Euron, it, like I could be seeing this completely wrong. Why was it just Missandei that they captured? Like the boats were completely down. They were right there. They were, they were Tyrion was lying in the ocean. Could they not have just captured Tyrion again? Yeah, they didn't really yeah, show us much, I, did they? No, I think no, it was just the barrier came down and he was on gold. Why was it just her to capture? I think they just went out of the boat and they found her underneath the. Because, I mean, Grey Worm did tell her to go into the under deck. Yeah. So she probably was just under there. Nobody got her out. I don't know. There was just a call between um, Daenerys getting caught in that situation and between Euron taking advantage of only one hostage. Yeah. It seems that there was a lot of kind of missteps here and there. Maybe that's just the way to the... But the, the they know that she was vital to the Queen, though. And I think they're just... They're subtly just trying to push her buttons all the time. Mm. Mm. Let's just push her a little bit further every <laughs> single time. But and now I'm just wondering about Euron. I just don't know what they're going to do with him. Like what? They've obviously written him in for some other purpose, some mm. bigger purpose. They couldn't be just killing him off. Euron's going to walk himself into a situation where he's going to be about to kill somebody really important, and he's going to get stabbed in the back. Yeah, that's, that's going to be it. In my opinion, there will be a backstabbing around Euron without question, yeah. whether or not he's doing it or it's been done into him, and it could happen a couple of or times. Or maybe it was just to influence Theon's storyline. Yeah, yeah, that could that could be it as well. Like we wanted to mention Jamie there in this uh, scenario, oh, yeah, yeah. but like we also want to mention just uh, two Jamie scenes that were. We're very, very interesting for the last episode. We'll start with the Jamie, Tyrion, and Bronn scene, which I think everybody was just delighted to I see. I love Bronn. Right. I love the way Bronn comes in, threatens them all, gets a castle <laughs> out of it, and then, like, good luck, see us after this war, goodbye. I don't want fighting. Maybe that's a sign of the hopelessness that Tyrion Lannister is currently feeling, where he's just throwing out castles like that. I know, Tyrion would have done that the last eight seasons. Tyrion would have done Tyrion the exact same thing. He has been able to give somebody Highgarden. Like, there's no way <laughs> Bronn's getting Highgarden. He but should yeah. know that. But why is Bronn going along with it? Like, he's just like, I don't know. Uh, he just didn't want to kill the lads. That was it. Maybe that's it. He didn't yeah. want to kill the lads. And Bronn isn't gone. Like, where is Bronn? Bronn's going to be hiding on the periphery, and he's going to appear in the middle of the next episode. But he picked yeah. the wrong side now. He was, he was, he, he was the right... He made the right choice gambling on two dragons, but ever since he gambled, yeah. everything the shit is at the fan. Like in that regard, like he's made the wrong decision, Bron. Like, your, your your opponent's got pocket aces now. But like, he just he's just out for himself, though, isn't he? I don't think he really cares about anyone else along the way. Yeah, like Varys. But I do think we, That's you know, <laughs> the thing about Bron is, and what I always remember about Bron is when Jaime was about to get killed by the dragon with Daenerys mm. he saved him Dived in and, and I, I definitely think he is another part to play in that situation I think he loves those two brothers much as he doesn't want to or doesn't want to look after him and he fucking hates that family <laughs> but I think I think he really genuinely cares about them and I think they really like him so there's a I think he's going to come back into it in dramatic fashion I loved when he said Tyrion I've been breaking noses since I was your height <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic line that was, that was my favourite scene like, brilliant. the other thing we have to touch on here is Jamie and Brienne oh what did you make of that? Poor old Brienne. I did not. Do you think she should have gone for Tormund? No, like Jesus. <laughs> well, first of all, can we, can we just say Jamie Lannister went up to Brienne and was like, boy, is it hot in here. Yeah. It worked. <laughs> it was like, oh yeah, grand, let's, let, let, let's make this happen. 
boys at Hodden here. Come on, Game of Thrones. Well, she right. just needed any little excuse at that stage, didn't she? I'm well, she trying to get in every while. Like. But mm. the whole thing with the um, with Torment as well, when he went back crying afterwards. Of <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> all people to go crying. That was a great scene. That was a fantastic like, scene. I said, yeah. ball. I said, poor Torment. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Get over it fairly quickly. But the when he left the second time and he explained to her what kind of person he is and said you think I'm a good man and I'm just hateful I just was like but you're not did you have yeah. I just had this feeling yeah. of you're not like I think you're trying to convince yourself mm. you are so you can go back to Cersei and look after her but I don't think you're the person that you think you are I, I was surprised think. to see Brienne cry were you? yeah no I wasn't no neither was I you thought that it's happened a few times she loves in him. this she does I, did, I don't think I actually realised it until last night. Yeah. Like, obviously, there was always a sort of sexual tension there between the two of them, but I didn't actually realise how strong her feelings were towards him until last night when she when she broke down like that. I was actually really surprised to see it. Yeah. And she, don't you love how, like, games get out of control when you're drunk as well? Like, everyone's sitting around having this game, and then you're like... Drink. Oh, oh, someone's going to get insulted out of this, aren't they? Oh, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> you just know it's going to get to a point. But I love that she walked up, and I love that... Was it Jamie that stepped in front of Thormund and then walked off? Burning. Yeah. It's just, that, that whole scene was... You kind of knew that was coming, though, didn't you? There was yeah. a brilliant, brilliant, beautiful dialogue, and that's why I love. Yeah. That's why I love last episode. A lot of it's been three a.m. at an Irish wedding. Like I've heard it thrown around a bit, but a lot of those have been in the last. In, in episode three, in episode two, and episode four, there was a lot of that. Yeah. Any final thoughts about that episode before we get into next week? <laughs> the other thing that the Bron thing that I forgot is when he said to Tyrion, "Only death will shut you up." It was one of my favorite lines. <laughs> the Only death will shut you up. And then the other, the other thing that I wrote down that I was kind of there's a lot so many words that are thrown around so that there's allegiances and but you really feel like the I believe in her thing is getting more and more it's you can't believe it anymore when Tyrion's saying it's waning you can really hear him say I believe in her <laughs> do I yeah. I mean I, I just felt like there's a lot to say about dialogue in this episode and what's being said and what's not being said and mm. there's a lot of like looks and secrets and god it must be so Exhausting. But why yeah. were they believing? Why were they believing initially? Was it just that she brought the three dragons to life? Was that it? That's but, but that's and what Tyrion. She, she got Tyrion the said, on and her. she has the rightful place in the throne. But now she doesn't. Mm. And Varys is saying that's crucial. By the way, sorry, we didn't talk about that. Uh, don't tell Sansa any fucking secrets ever, yeah. huh? Well, that was gone. The second yeah. they, the second he opened his mouth, that was gone. I yeah. swear for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> but even the way she said, she she like Arya said, I swear. And like I've seen that I swear from Santa before. Maybe I've said it myself. She was like, I swear. She, she, she was like, swear. <laughs> I, was, I did this. I did the, the fingers yeah, crossed. Yeah. Yeah. My back. I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never tell Santa anything. Good acting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But she also, Santa's got a great eye for who to trust. And she trusts Faris. And if Santa trusts Faris, I trust Faris. Simple as that. Does she really trust Faris? I don't think she does. I think she trusted Tyrion, which she shouldn't have in hindsight. Well, Varys has clearly seen the weakness in Tyrion now. Uh, like I love, I love the way he justifies things to himself as well. Like, how many people know about this? Eight people. Everyone knows about yeah, this. Yeah, talking it's about dead it. right. It's in WhatsApp already. <laughs> right, so we've only got two episodes left. I can't believe this, to be honest with you. But the teaser for the penultimate episode, as always, uh, has come out. There's, as ever with these, there's tons to kind of talk about from them, or we know what's going to happen. We can see there Jon Snow gets to the King's Landing. Mm-hmm. One of the things I'm most kind of suspicious about or intrigued about is that very opening scene in the teaser where Tyrion is like approaching Daenerys very sort of casually or not cautiously cautiously cautiously, yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) he's done something bad he's done something wrong or he's about maybe he's been summoned perhaps he's been summoned oh he's a goner 
he's a goner. You think? Yeah, I, I think he's. I think he's out of the camp at least. Yeah. I think he's definitely not handed the green anymore. No. Anyway, the very least, no. That's you know? that's that's for sure. We're gonna get we're gonna get a battle here. Uh, we can see the Golden Company marching through the streets of King's Landing. We can see Euron Greyjoy staring up at a dragon, and we can see a smile on Cersei Lannister's face, which is the the thing that like kind of stuck out to me. Mm. This woman's happy again, so there must be death occurring <laughs> right below her. John's looking yeah. rattled as well. Who is? Yeah. What was Euron looking at? Was he looking just a dragon? Dragon? dragon, yeah. So the the only thing I can think of um, about this is, he- hear me out now. This might be a bit mental. Varys, like we think, in that Varys has a part to play. Varys knows this crucial information about John being a Tar- Targaryen, right? The Golden Company have never broken a contract. They've told us about 655 times over the episodes. Mm. The Golden Company don't break contracts as soon as there's a contract with them. But if they know there's a rightful heir to the throne, will they break a contract? I don't know. Will they? Did they, did I, they? I don't know. I just, I'm just, that's what I was honestly wondering when they came into it. I was like, they, they made such a big deal about these being like honourable men who stand by the contract whenever they're, they're brought in and Cersei's paid them a lot of money from the Iron Man to do it. So... But if there's a rightful ruler on the throne, will they just go, this is wrong? No. Because the contract, I would say, is, is a higher power, no? Well, the thing is, I we haven't got know. much of an insight to the Golden Company at all in the te- television I mean. series. Like, I, they just seem like... They the seem banks. like honourable. They're the banks. They do what they want. Yeah, but they're... M- money talks, I'd say, when yeah. it comes to the Golden Company. But are they not going to throw their weight behind the person that they think is going to be more... But at the minute, Cersei's so far ahead. Mm. Like once John is gone, Cersei's. Do you not think Varys has a part to play there, though? In terms, yeah, but like he would have the contact. He would yeah. have, he would have someone inside the Golden Company. Absolutely, for sure. he has his eyes and ears everywhere. And everywhere, he, that, and we know he's from Bavos as well. That, that's going to be that's that's a good shout in terms of Varys actually persuading somebody to flip sides, and maybe the Golden Company is that. As I say, and we know he doesn't want anyone killed in King's Landing. That's true as well. Is that going to happen? Surely we're going to see absolute carnage wreaked in King's Landing. I don't think so. I think we've seen the carnage for the series. Really? Yeah, I really feel like they're going to avoid the King's Landing thing. Absolutely. They they do all their budget. (laughs) (laughs) I really feel like it's going to be a, okay, let's try and do, like, Daenerys is going to roll in and then somebody's going to go, do you know what? This is ridiculous. We're not going to do this. Drogon's going to burn a few buildings at least. Yeah, we, well, we, yeah. The wildfire's still there, no? And the wildfire's still there. Mm. So, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting ready for carnage. I think there's going to be carnage. I, I think know. it's going to be carnage. I really don't, I don't think we're going to have a battle on the same terms as Battle of Winterfell. Well, uh, we, as we can see, we're back on the sea again yeah, yeah. Ne- next episode, which is kind of an interesting development. Yeah. I don't see what's actually going to happen there. Like, is there some sort of retreat, maybe, from, from the, the, the well, people? Well, I thought they were going to retreat to the... Well, Yara's kind of hanging around the background well, there, and we haven't seen her. But, um... I thought they were going to retreat. Daenerys is going to retreat back to the Iron Islands in some stage. And we, we heard, oh, we have this ally over here. They keep saying it. Like, mm. I feel like they... they Mentioned Dorne as well. And Dorne, yeah. The yeah. new Prince of Dorne is declared for you, which is interesting. Yeah, that came out of nowhere. They totally over that. That came anyway. out of nowhere, yeah. Let's just gloss over that. But, yeah, I, I think there's a part for the Iron Islands to play still. One last question. That's something I wanted to ask. Who do we think right now, if everything was equal in terms of resources, who the best military mind is in all of Westeros? Who would you want leading your army? Sansa. Sansa. Best positioned at the minute is Cersei. But I think the person who could who could rule or could lead the best is, is Sansa the best military mind? No, well, maybe, maybe not best military mind. Getting the Knights of the Vale to come in in the Battle of the Bastards and doing that whole play and understanding where everyone was and what Ramsay was going to yeah. do. Like, I, mean, I love when she... like. 
not coldly, but when he, they were talking about Rickon, she was like, Rickon's dead. Just forget about that. Mm. There's not even, He's not there's no point go, even yeah. worrying about that. She has a very good understanding of how everyone in this operation is operating. Mm. Yeah, She knew how Ramsey works. She knows yeah. how Cersei's going to work. I think she's... Uh, I've got a feeling, well, not a feeling, my my opinion is that it's Cersei is the best military mind, just mm, given the people she's learned from. Though. Like, I mean, her, her father was a dickhead, but he was a very, very good military and mind. And she keeps saying, I listen to my father, I'm mm. like you, over and over again. There are two people who've learned quite a lot from uh, from the military expertise in their family. Yeah. Like, the one thing we know, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that I don't think there's any question that the people who are besieging King's Landing, so the Daenerys's and the Jon Snow's, don't have great military minds amongst them the best military mind on the good guy's side is up in Winterfell and there's a better one up against them is that why they showed us that stupid thing where they went north to show us how stupid they all are mm. is that why it was there maybe it was meant to actually be stupid <laughs> that was the stupidest thing that's ever happened in the entire series like I wonder if um, when Martin's writing the books if he's just going to forget about that and be like no I don't know <laughs> like I, maybe that is to prove God, these guys actually don't. don't have a clue. Maybe that is the point. They really don't. Like losing two dragons in those circumstances as well yeah, was exceptionally shows, idiotic. Yeah, it just shows. And I mean, the, the, we didn't talk about the Dothraki in the last episode as well. Sending your entire army of Dothraki. Yeah, well, that, I think that God. one was the worst move. Yeah. Did, did John not have to prove the Cersei? That the, like make that take that chance to try and prove that the dead were beyond the wall when he lost the first dragon. They could have done it in maybe a different way, or they could. They were clearly, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, mm. but they didn't need to do that. I mean, Cersei was always going to betray them. Why were Why were they going in the first place to actually bring a zombie down to, to Cersei to, to actually prove it? I just think that was. It, the, it feels like the only reason they did it was to get the dragon, to, for the Night King to have the dragon. It really the, felt like the, it was yeah. a, a structure, a plot structure. To we just have fields. to get this dragon on the other side. Yeah, 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 do yeah. It. Maybe it didn't feel like it was, unless that is to show us that they're thick. Well, you know, stranger things have happened, but that's a, that's a good theory. I actually haven't heard that one. We do want to talk, though, about the last ep- the previous episode of Battle of Winterfell before we wrap up. There's a couple of things. Some airing of the grievances, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Sue, go. <laughs> so I, I wrote an article about this last night, actually. <laughs> I put it up on the website. It was a big, long rant. There's about five points in it. But um, it was just... It really annoyed me that people were like contradicting the cinematographers who work in this show and saying that they know more about lighting <laughs> than the people who work on a massive, the biggest show that's ever existed. The cinematographers have come out and said, and they've all, like everyone who works in the show, you were meant to see what you were meant to see. That's the intention. And you're talking about a military battle that's taking place at night and they say night so many times. Mm. It's called the long night. It's the unending, it's the endless night. It is, it's the night king it's taking place at night how much you're not really going to see that much there's no electricity there's just going to be burning fires and that's the whole thing about like the Lord of Light coming into it and everything mm. I I think they constructed that in exactly the way it was supposed to be now I know there was people talking about compression and that settings weren't put in TVs right, and all that kind of stuff but the only time I really felt like I was like I can't see this I can't see it was when John and Danny were in the air and you couldn't really see what was going on below and that was intentional you're meant to not be able to see what's going on below because they can't see. Yeah, yeah, they're in yeah. the middle of a snowstorm. So I just think, fine if your your opinion is, do you know what, I couldn't see it and I didn't really like it that much grand. But to say that they're Egypts and they don't know what they're doing is a step too far in my book. Like These guys have been working on this particular series for two years. They know what they're doing. Yeah, it was they a very very strange situation though where a cinematographer has to come out and actually Explain defend it. their piece of oh work. Oh my God, like, that poor man's not coming out in public for about a year. Like. <laughs> no. 
Jesus. Uh, we're going to bring you a bonus episode with Andy. We are. There's one other thing I wanted to get off my chest before you finished up. And it's, <laughs> it, it was just kind of one of the things, again, kind of the... One's goodbye to the Night King. The, 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 yeah, <laughs> he's, written kind of, a, he's written a poem. <laughs> well, it's kind of, it's kind of the... Ra- <laughs> I'm trying to think of words that rhyme with Night King. Um, the, it's, it is kind of residue from last week. And, uh, like, it, it, it kind of is to do with it. it. It just kind of got me thinking after the Night King. And I guess this is kind of is why I was disappointed to see the Night King go because I think it's symptomatic of what's happened over the last couple of episodes where bit by bit by bit the showrunners have chipped away at the whole fantasy element of Game of Thrones Mm. it is now one army against the other we're down to one dragon and that is the last bit of magic we have in the show there are no zombies anymore the undead are finished no Melisandre. And, uh, uh, the reason why I brought this up today, exactly and the reason why I brought this up today was Stannis on the Lord of Light last night said we play his game for him we fight his war and win and then he fucks off yeah. and it was just kind of like that's exactly how a large chunk of the audience feels that you know Melisandre is just there and then she dies and in kind of a, an unsatisfactory way from Stannis or for, yeah from, from, from Davos's point of view and I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Is that the way we feel about the Lord of Light suddenly becoming irrelevant? Like, is the Lord of Light going to play any other part? I thought this was going to be one of the overarching themes that would decide this whole thing. I thought the undead would be one of the overarching things that would decide this whole mm-hmm. thing. And I really thought there would be more of a part to play in the last three episodes. And ultimately, what we've got is one dragon and the rest is human beings going up against one another. And as I said it earlier on, it makes it probably a better show, but they are not the rules of engagement. The reason, like, I'm not a fantasy guy, I don't really get into that sort of stuff, but it was done so well that I actually invested in it and it became the, the reality of Westeros, and it's not going to be part of the conclusion. What do you think? But is that not the way that the cyclical nature of history has worked, like, in, in our own world? There were no dragons in our own history. Yeah, but in, in the history of Westeros. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that we know of. Like, dinosaurs? There was dragons, right? No. So, like, this, I think this was always going to be the way it was going to be. I think it was always going to come down to man against man. Um, the, uh, an all-out war on the battlefield. Like, I, I think it was always going to end up that way. And in the last two episodes, we're just going to pan out in that direction. It's just a matter of how the political pieces are going to fall on the board. Um, it felt so significant when we were first introduced to the Lord of Light, and it felt so significant in the very first scene when we were introduced to the White Walkers. That so you just thought that was, it was the God of Light against the God of Death? Ultimately, I thought that that might have a huge part. Now, granted, people will say, well, there's still a prophecy to be fulfilled here and there, and that is a, a fantastical element of the whole story as well, and something mm-hmm. that I'm intrigued in. And I really hope that they don't throw it out in an unsatisfactory way. Yeah. I, ju- I just think, as I say, I'm not a huge magic fan. I love the political element of Game magic of Thrones. Fan. And, la- and last night was my favourite episode because of the political intrigue that was mm-hmm. there. But ultimately, we have... It isn't the only reason we've got sucked into Game of Thrones. One of the other reasons is that, oh my god, I'm watching a show with dragons and magic and I'm fully <laughs> invested in this as a real human place, yeah. or uh, yeah, a yeah. human setting. Like that, that, that is the beauty of the show and I just feel that at the end, the, the showrunners have definitely made a decision to disassociate themselves with that or to disassociate this version of Game of Thrones uh, or uh, A Song of Ice and Fire away. Well, we don't, dragons are we gone don't for so long. That, though. Like, uh, I remember as well that Melisandre wasn't the only person that was involved in that. I mean, mm-hmm. do you have a lot of people that like not Beric, but there is not the not the Golden Company. What's the I keep the brotherhood. Brothers. So we do know there there are other people that are serving the Lord of Light. That might actually come back to it in some way or another. And we'll yeah, see. I totally get you about the dragon. But I always felt like it is Game of Thrones that the end game of this was who's going to sit in the throne or is there going to be a throne? Mm-hmm. And then the Night King was like, a, oh, this is an interesting. <laughs> 
this interesting turn of events that's going off in a different direction. I always felt like it was going to come back at some point to that. You know, and we always wondered about who's going to be sitting on the throne and is it just going to disappear and is that the point of it? I, I, don't, I never got that feeling. I felt like it was always going to be a... God, this is a weird, like, side story. But it's all, always about the political intrigue that's happening. I guess it depends on your point of view of what actually Game of Thrones is. And to yeah. be honest with you, a huge chunk of me really agrees with that. Like, my taste agrees with what, you, what you've said there because of how much I love that. But, but I think my taste was altered. Magic, magic all the way through it, though. Like, a, a dragon, like, the dragon might come along and burn everybody, and then, like, that's it. <laughs> like, magic wins in the end. And I, could be, I, I just feel that I, I was kind of so mystified by everything that was going on uh, a while ago. And now the only sense of mystery is who's going to betray who. And maybe that's what Game of Thrones should be. But that's what it is. But that's, that's what it was all the way up. The and it was just the, the thing that was happening in the background. And like Dragons were gone for hundreds of years. They had been there before. The Night King was mm. created thousands of years ago. He's going to be back again in some form at some stage. Mm. Well, well, not gone forever. Could be, there, there was some theories doing the rounds that he will come back yeah. last night. I know, I know, yeah. Uh, he's not going to come back. It, it would be, I, I would put this on the record, it would be stupid to bring back the Night King and the Undead at this point. That would be really there's stupid. No, there's no more children in the forest, though, either. Is yeah, that's it. Uh, you never know. I, mm, I think that period of, of Westeros history is just gone. gone. You think? Yeah, I thought Extinct. so as well. I thought they, they, they particularly, you know, someone they were trying to get Bran out, out from the Three Eyed Raven, mm. that they were finished. That was it, they were gone. I, I kind of agree with you. I think that's finished. Mm-hmm. The, the, the beauty is, though, this is just Game of Thrones and TV. Like, we, we know that there's prequels coming. We know there's going to be spin-offs coming. The magic element will come back into it. But I guess I'm just thinking about the present. I want my dragons. I, I want my dragons right here, right now, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, Sue and Tommy, thanks a million. We'll try and record a special podcast uh, with Andy on Friday because I'd imagine he's got quite a bit to say after the political intrigue of yesterday. You have been watching Off the Wall, brought to you with thanks to Discover Northern Ireland and their Game of Thrones territory, boasting over 25 locations and experiences for the ultimate fan. Head over to Discover, to Discover Northern Ireland dot com. We'll chat to you next week. Bye bye for now.